Hello and welcome to episode number three of Behind the Glass, a podcast series brought to you by Iger Studios. I'm your host, Dom Richmond, and in this series, we've been talking to music producers and engineers whose work in the studio has helped create some of the greatest records ever made. In this third episode, I sat down with good friend and all-round gentleman, Will Jackson. Will started his musical life as a chorister at St George's Chapel in Windsor, followed by Music College. As a keyboarding guitar player and general all-round musician, he toured the world with famous bands and solo artists, including Magna Carta and Martin Joseph, whilst honing his skills as a producer, engineer and arranger. Will has recorded music for many TV programmes and radio stations over the years, such as Radio 1, Radio 2, XFM sessions at Made of Air as a keyboard and guitar player, and as well as live recordings and album projects all over the world. In 1995, Will founded Soundwork Studios, where he worked with artists and bands bringing out the best possible recorded performances whilst developing new artists and co-writing. He has achieved commercial success and produced platinum award-winning records for both The Pigeon Detectives and Stevens. Other artists include The Cribs, Kaiser Chiefs, Wiz Khalifa, Embrace and The Music, just to name a few. He's also written and performed music for UEFA, FIFA and The One Show. In 2016, Will suffered a bit of a setback when his Leeds-based recording studio was heavily flooded on Boxing Day of that year. Managing to salvage the majority of his gear, he set up temporarily in the recording studio down at Iger before developing a brand new facility at the back of the main building. It was here that I actually first met Will as an engineer and I've been lucky enough to work quite closely with him since. Whether it's a funny anecdote or tips on how he produces his famous lava coffee, he's always a pleasure to be around and this definitely reflects in all the projects he's been involved with over the years. I caught up with Will to talk all things music production, what it's like running a commercial recording facility and how he worked with platinum selling artists such as The Cribs, Pigeon Detectives and Kaiser Chiefs. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Will Jackson. Hi, Will. Hello, Dom. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Are you? Excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm how's, just uh, sort of hiding away at home. Hiding away. How's this? How's this period? Here? How's this period uh, of isolation treating you? Well, it, it, it's kind of like having a holiday, really, but without leaving the house. It's brilliant. You know, <laughs> doing plenty of walking, going in the woods, keeping healthy, and avoiding people. Keeping active. <laughs> I guess you never. I guess um, we're like studio hermits, aren't we? We don't get much chance to to get out. And see the well, this, the, well this, this is very true, yeah, yeah. But, you know, at my advanced stage in life, you, you, you need other things as well. Of course. One feeds the other. That's it. Cool. It, well, I've just got some questions, yeah. so we'll dive straight yeah. in. Um, okay. Yeah, I was wondering, so, like, in the world of recording, how was it that – tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in it, really. Um, uh, why did you choose to go into the recording side? Um, because I was – utterly fascinated by the whole process. Uh, I started life as uh, primarily a musician and I, I was in loads of bands and stuff like that. And uh, it was when I got kind of serious about recording and uh, I used to get kind of frustrated sometimes um, by working with engineers and I, I couldn't kind of translate what I was thinking to them or there was always a communication interrupt yeah. somewhere. So I thought, well, 
if this guy can do it, then I can do it as well. So one day I had a kind of Damascene conversion when um, I, I said to a guy, well, can I have a fiddle with the desk and see what happens? And, and he explains exactly what the EQ did and all that. And um, that was it, really. And I thought, yeah. oh, this is exciting. So I just got hooked from that moment. So no real formal kind of education or anything like that, kind of learning on the job? No, no, just use my ears, really. And mm. Just try to learn as much as possible from people. And I was working quite, you know, quite heavily in different studios. And you kind of got to know the basic principle of it and what people were doing, what kind of mics they were using, what kind of desks they were using, and the signal flow uh, and all that. So where was it? Where was kind of the first, was there like a moment where you had a studio, like a big commercial studio that you went in and then you realised, well, this is, this is big now. When, where was, was there anywhere like that from a young age? Uh, um, well, I used to go to a place in Huddersfield or just outside Huddersfield actually called Golka. And there was a big studio in there called September Sound run by two brothers, uh, Whiteley brothers, um, Bob and John, I think it was. John used to work at Yorkshire TV as an engineer and Bob ran the studio and big place in a big Methodist chapel. And they had a 16-track Lyrec machine. And I can't remember what the desk was, but uh, I thought, oh, this is brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's like a kid with toys, you know. Get stuck in. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So yeah, did, did, you have any, did you have any kind of mentor or anyone like that then from when you, when you started out? Did you, was anyone that kind of you kind of looked up to who kind of showed you how to do things, really? Uh, no, no. It's just I looked up to myself for guidance. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it's just you know you just wing it, don't you? And yeah, yeah. Something... A, I guess there's a certain element of that. I mean, when I when I first started, it was very much you know I had to just be thrown into the deep end with loads of things, you know. And then, well, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, these days you've got a tutorial everywhere you look on YouTube or whatever, which yeah, is a, a big advantage, you know. So would you say? There... Would you say it was more of kind of like a almost like a best kept secret kind of thing, you know, back in the day where people didn't share as much knowledge with people. Cause there's a lot of that now. I mean, anybody can, can, you know, well, like Billie Eilish, we've just seen has won countless mm. Grammys producing from free software in a bedroom. You know, there's a lot, oh, yeah. you can do that now. Um, whether or not it's the world is better. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I, th I think, the word, it's it's much more democratized now and anybody can do it um however uh you need decent gear yeah. that's the thing you know and a lot of people think oh right well i've got a 58 um and i'll make a record with that but it's not quite how it works it's kind of you're emulating yeah a noise and do you, think it, do you think it depends sometimes on what kind of projects you're working on? Because obviously some things require a huge space and a lot of kind of expensive outboard and gear. Mm. Um, but, you oh, know, is, yeah. is there, what, what do you think is the minimum? Anybody that's watching this that kind of is getting into recording and wants to set up kind of a, as kind of a small home studio, is there any kind of really important specific things that you'd say they need to get right um, um, before starting really? 
Well, I think you just need to invest a decent amount of money in a really nice converter and a really nice mic. Yeah. That, that's it, really. I mean, uh, you know, obviously there's algorithms within software programs. Some are better than others. Some do better things than other programs do. So as long as, you know, I, I, th I think the software is the least of your problems, really. Because it's zeros and ones anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so, it's, a, so it, it's about the recording chain, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've got to start high quality all the way through. You know, it's, it's got to start with the mic, then go through a really nice mic amp. Um, people just get let down by yeah, yeah. stuff that's not really quite up to it. And it's kind of in the – sometimes it comes into the enthusiastic amateur yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I guess, and I guess, there's lots of mistakes you can make in just recording a vocal. You know, you know, have you, have you gained it right? Have you got the right proximity with the microphone? Yeah. You know, if you plug it in, are you using the correct cables? There's, there's kind of like probably a dozen things that could go wrong. Um, of course, of course, yeah. So I guess and it's, it's important it's, to get it right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, if you're recording a vocal, if you if you don't position the mic right, then you're screwed. Because when you start compressing it, if you're too close, you'll get too much sibilance. So, but then the, the thing is that with recording at home, if you're going to go too far away from the mic, you get the sound of the room all over it, you see. Yeah, yeah. Which can be a good thing in some uh, circumstances. <laughs> well, it, it can be, yeah. I mean, it's, that, that's indie music, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> yeah. DIY. So when you have... Um... So when you say you've, you've got a band interested in recording, um, mm. how do you go with like interacting with them beforehand? How much input do you have with, you know, with the, the project before they actually walk into the studio? Or how um, much would you like to? Well, it, it depends really how developed they are and how formed the songs are. Um, you'll, you'll probably get a band who uh, come to me with ideas for a recording and i'll i'll usually say look could you send me uh, send me rough versions of your songs it doesn't really matter how rough they are as yeah. long as there's a song there that's fine there's that or sometimes i'll go and sit in with a band for rehearsals and routine the stuff there and then just you know just make a rough recording in the room at the time um, make maybe make suggestions about clipping a section out of a song or what have you. It, it really, you have to take every band on its own merits and abilities, you know. So yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, so I guess I guess that's right, isn't it? It, it? That's that's the thing. Everything is different. Every project is different. Every band is different. Um, of course, of course. And, and sometimes you have to be very diplomatic because you know you, you tread a very fine line between slagging someone's songwriting off or encourage them, encouraging them to, you know, maybe just make some improvements. I mean, I'm, get... I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm trying to set myself up as some kind of paragon of excellence. Yeah. I mean, we all make mistakes. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I probably think, well, maybe I've had quite a lot more experience than they've had. Of course. Recording. So, yeah. so maybe, you know, I could impart a few nuggets of wisdom along the way. That's all. And I guess there's a difference between 
or would you say there's a difference between kind of recording a band and kind of engineering it and actually producing it? Because a lot of people they come to the studio and they just want you to press record because they've got all the ideas and they think they know what they're doing. They may mm-hmm. know what they're doing. So at what point would you get involved and actually maybe structure the song differently or change the arrangement? Um, well, so sometimes, uh, maybe after playing the song a few times, it becomes apparent to me that there's some wastage there. There's stuff that's great for the band to play, but for the listener, it's not such an enjoyable experience. So you have to be very diplomatic and say, well, okay, well, let's, you know, let, let's take that take that you just done. Just bear with me a minute while I clip that section out. See what you think. You know, and all, all I'm thinking is, well, people who are wanting to have some kind of, I don't know, chart success or whatever it is, you don't want to waffle unless you are a band that does waffle and yeah. you jam or you know, it's, it's all about a different kind of musical context, if you like, and people are more into listening to the band jam or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's a different kind of case in point. What I'm saying is that if you're song-based, you can't afford to waffle about a bit with stuff that, you know, that people going to start yawning at and lose interest and then you know click to the next thing on spotify yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) of course yeah so tell us a bit about kind of your sort of um some of the the bigger projects you've worked on some of the more high high profile stuff um no what do you uh well i I don't know i mean one of them comes to mind as embrace which I, i got involved with embrace for their second album um and they booked a block of six months in the studio um, and basically took up residence for that amount of time. And um, I was very much just engineering, um, running a DAT all the time and recording every single thing they did, keeping a log of what was where on the DAT. Then you'd finish the DAT, you'd put another one in. So there were two-hour tapes, and oh. that was basically what I did for six months. So wh- wh- when was that then? That was, oh, God, uh, t- 19, what was it, 1998 or something, or seven, I can't remember, really. Sounds good. Back in the, midst of t- back in the midst of time. Yeah. Well, the great yeah. era for guitar music, I hear. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Yeah, well, what they were trying to do was kind of turn the corner and um, they didn't want to repeat their first album. Right. So they got interested in doing loopage and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, if you bear in mind, it was that, that era, you know, sort of end yeah, of yeah. pop um, and... Uh, and I think I think it was a brave move on their part, um, and I can understand that they didn't want to repeat album number one. Yeah, but, of course. Um, in hindsight, I thought I would have thought that was probably a little bit too early. Oh, really? To do that? Yeah. But that's my personal opinion. But um, yeah, I mean, it's good. You know, they were boldly going where no man feared to tread. I'll sit, yeah. So after that, 
in the, in the early noughties, you worked yeah. on um, you worked with the the cribs and and the pigeon detectives. Tell yeah, us a bit about how you got involved with with those guys? Um, well, pigeons actually. It was um, through Dance to the Radio, and I'd been doing um, a lot of bands for their um, compilation albums that they were putting out. So um, I got some really interesting bands in the studio. Um, you'd do kind of one track a day, and it would be like a production line. In and out, in and out, um, and I, I just got a really good rapport with the label, and um, then I got the pigeons in. Um, they sent them in just to uh, see how we got on, and um, seemed to work really well because we had a nice big recording room and different booths and stuff like that. Um, so the band could set up live, and. Uh, it wasn't one of those things where you do the drums first and then put the bass down and then you put the guitars down. Uh, you know, that wouldn't have worked for them. Yeah. So it was well, essential that you did everything live. Um, do you prefer that style of recording then to, or did, again, is it on each project at its individual merit? Yeah, each project's on its own merits, but if you want interaction between band members, that's the way to do it. Uh, that's yeah. the only way you're going to get this absolute magic happening between um, people. And I guess as a, as a producer, you're kind of known for uh, kind of doing a lot of live rock and indie stuff, I guess, in the projects you worked on. When you were hmm. starting out, did you, is that the style of music or the kind of area you wanted to work in? Is that the niche that you, that you wanted to work in? Or did you want to do a little bit of everything? Or did you do... How I did want it come to, about? Oh, God. I, I don't... I don't really mind what I do as long as it's musical and it's got some relevance or some point to it. Um, and I, I would never get involved in anything that didn't move me on some kind of level. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it was basically, yeah, working with bands. Um, but I'd quite happily work with an orchestra. You know, I don't mind that at all. You know, it's a different aspect, but it's all music. So that's yeah. fine. You know, an, an orchestra don't put on the violins first and then put the second violins on then, and then they put the violas on and it's all done to a click. You know, everybody plays all at once. In the room. Yeah, yeah. In the room. Yeah, that's the thing. You know. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about some technical stuff. So uh -oh. do you have a favourite, this, this is for the producers, do you have a favourite a favorite vocal chain, really? Um, hmm. It all depends, really. Um, I mean, I like it. Uh, just a, a really, really clean mic amp. Doesn't have to be anything special, but as long as it's clean and it sounds great, and then put it through a compressor. You know, um, just tickle it a little bit. Put it on. <laughs> you know, two to one. And if you need a bit more squash, then turn the ratio up a bit. Um, but All buttons in. Yeah, but I mean, I do like 1176s for compressors. Yeah. You know, they're bomb-proof. Um, but I'm not going to get into silver face and black face and all that bollocks. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, you know, UA compressor and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I'm not really that bothered. 
uh, you know, a lot of people get really, really sort of nerdy about stuff. Um, I find it utterly boring, actually. Yeah, you, you know, much prefer um, the, the the kind of idea of the the song and the sound overall yeah. than the technical. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really not bothered that much. You know, I mean, that probably sounds, you know, a bit flippant, but there's more important things than that. If you get a half decent sound, you need the performance out of the musician. Do you so, think? Um, what do you think is more important in a studio, the, the mics or the room? In terms neither. of get, let's just say we're getting a a, a drum recording. Mm. Um, well, it's it, a combination of both, really. Yeah. You know, um, I think mainly uh, where, where the important thing is getting the toms to sound decent on a drum kit. Um, bass drums, no problem. Snares, pretty much no problem. But it's always the toms that are, you know, they, they have to be, you know, properly headed, sound great. You know, I mean... Obviously, it depends on what sound you're after, but if you want yeah. to get the full range um, out of toms, I always use condensers. Yeah. You know, you'll probably get more spillage from other drums, but you get that beautiful resonance and full full range tone out of the drums. Yeah, of course. I think it, I think a massive thing I've noticed as well is the, is the is the performance as well. You know, you could have two se- separate drummers from different backgrounds, different styles playing on the same kit, the same room, same setup. Mm. It could sound totally different. Oh, so yeah. I guess, you know, dynamically, it, it depends on the, on the performer as well. A lot oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's just the angle they hit the snare at, all that kind of thing. Yeah, which you I guess know. moves back to your point earlier on about, you know, if you've got really good gear in the room, um, you know, let's say a home studio, if you've got really good gear, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a good recording if you've not got a good song, if you've not got a good sound. And, and so, you haven't got a good room. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, one thing feeds off the other. They're, they're all of pretty much equal importance, really. Mm. You know, and um, I'm always anxious that... Um, did you hear the cat then? <laughs> no. Oh, right. I think she's yelling out the, outside the door. <laughs> is that enough? All <laughs> oh, right, as long as you didn't get it. This is a 58, after all, I'm yeah. speaking <laughs> yeah. into. So. You can do anything with the 58. You can make a record with the 58. In in, fact, you can. (laughs) You can do interviews with them as well. That's it. So, Um, what about when we're thinking about kind of outboard and plugins? Do you have do you do you have a preference to to plugins or preference to outboard, or do you like to use a little bit of both, like you said? Or have you got any specific plugins that you think people should get on if they're if they're interested in doing a lot of kind of home recording? Um. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I do love the wave stuff. Yeah. The stuff is bomb proof. Um, I don't know. It's my favourite limiter is the L two. Yeah, yeah. It's great, uh, and it just sits there and works, um, and it doesn't compromise the bandwidth of the signal or anything like that. It's just really, really pure as a limiter. Um, I know that people do get the free version. You know that one. Yeah. P- people who prefer not to pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's there's bits missing out of it as a technical piece of software, and it doesn't quite work the same as the paid for version. Yeah. So there's obviously something that you know somebody cracks it and something loses something, you know. But that's 
well technical. Mm-hmm. And it's beyond me, quite frankly, but, you know, <laughs> but there we go. Yeah, I do like the L2. Um, there's actually a BBE, no, not BBE, BSS compressor, 402, I think it is. Okay. Part of the uh, one of the Waves bundles. Um, as a compressor, that's really good. Nice one as well. I'll have to check you that know. out. I don't think I know that one. Oh, yeah. Well, it's in Iga. Yeah. Part of the Waves setup, yeah. Part of that um, bundle. Platinum, I think, is it? I don't know. But I put it on as an extra. I bought, bought it individually. Uh, let's talk... Let's talk a little bit about Iger then, seeing as we mention it. Um, oh, yeah. Where, how did you find yourself at Iger? Oh, right. Well, that goes back to the great flood and pestilence <laughs> of uh, 2015, uh, where Soundworks got flooded out and basically written off. Uh, Which was your old of, studio on down the in, old, in Leeds. The old place, yeah, yeah. Um, which was... A very very sad moment seeing as it was boxing day i mean it wouldn't have really made it any better if it had been any other day but it just <laughs> yeah. happened to be at christmas um so anyway to, to cut a long story short um i managed to rescue a little bit of the gear and um i had a load of projects that i had to to even start um and i was anxious to keep working um and I got in touch with Ryan and Jack to see if I could bring some projects to Iger um, with a mobile setup, um, which they very kindly allowed me to do. And I, I went into the old place, into the old studio, and set up some mobile gear. And um, the, I did some projects in there, which turned out really, really well. I mean, it wasn't the ideal thing working with a mobile setup. But I managed yeah. to get the work done. And um, then I broached the idea of, well, hey, hey, guys, <laughs> why don't we make a studio? And um, then they thought about it and said, yes, let's do that. So that's how we came to build the new studio. And um, then I moved the AMEC desk in, um, which was in Studio 2 at Soundworks. Because we had two rooms. We had... Uh, the SSL uh, 4000E series desk in the <laughs> big room. And then we had the AMEC in Studio 2. And uh, so I moved that in and um, some, you know, some of the gear that I already had and um, went from there. So mm. turned out well, actually. Turned out yeah. very successful. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, seeing as we're isolated now for, well, for the foreseeable, really, um, yeah. if there's anyone watching this, any bands, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. who kind of, they're a bit of a loose end and they're thinking, what can I do at home to maybe kind of, to get started or to get on with recording? What is there any advice that you'd give, you know, in terms of, either with the setup, in terms of writing, any kind of home recording, what would, what would you do now as an artist if you, or a producer, if you uh, had a lot of time on your hands? Um, well, um, if I had access to a drum kit and a few mics, then I would record those. Maybe you'd have to just do everything at a time, you know. Yeah. yeah. And you could probably just send a rough mix of, if you're the drummer, then you send a rough mix of your drums round to 
the guitar player and the bass player and, and get them to put their own bits on, you know. Yeah, and I guess if, ever, do... if everyone's got their kind of own sort of home studio set up, it's a good time That's to be, really... be sending files across um, yeah. and working on parts. Yeah, and then you send them to um, people like you and me <laughs> to, uh, d to, do the, uh, to do mixing on them or, yeah. you know, if they get them back and they, they're having a bit of a struggle with getting the whole thing to come together as a mix, um, you know, w w that's where we can step in. I think there'll be an awful lot of people doing, the, doing that sort of thing at the minute. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, um, it's very, very difficult at the moment because you've got to have a decent room. You know, if you want to record a drum kit, then you've got to have kind of decent room. Yeah, I mean, you can make room emulations on a reverb, but that's not quite the same thing. It's like you can hear, you know, in a decent studio with a bit of ambience, you can actually hear that on the mics. Yeah, you can yeah. hear the, the air moving about and... You know, and, which you and don't I, get from a plug-in. And I guess all of that stuff on each mic incrementally builds up to this overall kind of real, authentic sound that you yeah. get from, from doing things live in a bigger space. I've always found that anyway. I mean, I, yeah. I started off doing everything, you know, from bedrooms and attics and garages and all sorts. Um, yeah. So actually, you I, learn. I haven't got anything other than this kind of like bed on its side, offering a little bit of uh, acoustic protection or acoustic, uh, acoustic yeah. barrier. Yeah, but um, I mean, you, you, you could uh, strap a load of mics to it with gaffer. Yeah, and see yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> open, open a window, hang a mic outside. Who knows? There's all sorts yeah. of things you can do. Be, I guess it's a time for people to be a bit more creative, isn't it? Yeah. And also, I mean, if, if you want a dead vocal sound, you go outside. If you've got enough cable, that is. Yeah. Take your mic outside into the open air because you're not getting any reflections. And if you've got a balcony... Get yourself a drum kit out there. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, if you've got, uh, you know, uh, forgiving neighbours, then it's fine. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine uh, many people have a balcony with no one around. Yeah, well, my daughter Emily, um, she's marooned in a flat in um, Southwark. And she's next door to someone who's decided to take up the trumpet. Ah, between 9pm and 1am. <laughs> so she's absolutely loving that. <laughs> well, I guess everybody's, everybody's got to find, find something new to learn, isn't it? So that person's thinking, you know what? I've got to be stuck in, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn a, a brass instrument or something. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, fair play to them, you know, for having a go. But, you know, other people have to suffer along with them, you know. That's it, yeah. You know, I suffered for my music, now it's your turn. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, thanks a lot, Will. This has been great having a, having a chat with you today. Yeah, most welcome. Yeah, it's been and, a pleasure, um, Dom. Yeah, yeah, hopefully when this all blows over, we can, uh, we can start making some, some great music again and get some artists into the studio. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute joyous experience. Everybody let off the leash. It will be. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. Excellent. Well, thanks, thanks for the call. I'll uh, chat to you soon. You're very welcome, Dom. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mm -hmm.